The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to the Pride of Detroit podcast. First Bite Edition, where we preview the Lions' upcoming matchup. My name is Jeremy Reisman. I'm the editor-in-chief over at Pride of Detroit. You can find me at Detroit Online. As always, talking with me with this First Bite preview, our co-host, Ryan Matthews, at Ryan Scorpio D. Ryan, how are we doing tonight? Uh, Feeling good. Feeling good. You seem feeling hesitant good. there. You seem, <laughs> seem a little hesitant there. You, you know, I, I, I'm feeling as good as you can with a one- 11 and one football team. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, well, we're going to see only one of those teams on Sunday. The other one's going to be what? 10 and three. Is that right? I think that's right. Uh, and to help us talk about those Arizona Cardinals is uh, a returning guest of ours. Uh, he's a former NFL tight end, former XFL tight end, a member of the 1998 NFC champion Atlanta Falcons, and now the host of the Believe in Cardinals podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Ed Smith is back. Ed, welcome back, bud. Jeremy, Ryan, appreciate you having me back on, man. Looking forward to chatting with you. Yeah, uh, always happy to have you. Um, it always feels like the Lions and Cardinals are, are playing each other every year, like they're a, a fifth divisional uh, team. But uh, let, I want to start with Monday because, and and this isn't just an excuse to me for me to talk about Matthew Stafford, Ryan, so don't even think about it. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious where Cardinals fans are at because, you know, all season they've been playing pretty some consistent football, you know, 10 and two record going into that game. They can almost clinch the division with a win that night and the Rams come and kind of take it to them. So where, where are Rams or I'm sorry, where are Cardinals fans at right now? Are they, are they, do, do, do they feel like something got exposed on Monday night or are they feeling still pretty good about where the team's at? It's kind of a mixed bag right now. The, the diehards still have faith in their team. The skeptics, you know, they'll always try to find a reason to jump off the bandwagon. <laughs> uh, for me, I'm, it's kind of a little bit of a mixture of both as well. I was a little disappointed how they came out and played on Monday with everything that was on the line. And they just didn't look right. It was, you know, not just on the field, but coaching-wise as well. And those are some of the things that uh, I, myself, my radio partner, believe in the podcast, our Arizona Cardinals podcast uh, partner, we've been talking all year, is we were waiting for one of these, I guess, moments, pressure moments, if you want to call them, where Kingsbury on the sideline had to make those calls or get the game adjusted to get it back in our favor. 
and he just never quite got there. And then in the moments where a decision here or there could have changed the momentum or given us a little better of a shot to maybe pull out the uh, the comeback, he just wasn't quite there again. For me, that's the concern is that in the most pressure situations, Kingsbury is still unproven and obviously failed the test this time around. And we all know as the playoffs get uh, closer, the pressure only amps up. That's kind of interesting. Uh, go, go ahead. I, I guess my question was just going to be like, yeah, I mean, the Cardinals haven't really, you know, had those big pressure moments in a while, you know, since, you know, maybe the, the Kurt Warner days or so, but I, is that like, is that just a concern with coaching or is there a concern, you know, young roster guy like Kyler Murray hasn't been in a ton of huge games yet. Is, is, is it, it does it go beyond the coaching staff or with you, is it just kind of Cliff Kingsbury needs to show he can win in those moments? No, it's it's a, a, a jointed effort, Jeremy. I you know I truly believe not just the coaching staff. The players sometimes have to pick the coaching staff up, and you know I just saw a little inexperience or hesitancy, tentative, tentativeness mm-hmm. in that game, and that's not what you want, especially this late in the season. Like I said, with everything at stake, I just saw some guys that have been playing so consistent all through the season, and then you get into this big one, and it was almost like where are these guys at? You know, where are they at? Everybody. And, you know, that is a little bit of a concern. On the other side, you can say, look, it's one game. You know, we're 10 and three. All we got to do is bootstrap it up. And we're going over to play Detroit this week, handle our business, and we're right back on track. So it's, I mean, you, you'll try to, like I said, it's, it's just a matter of that one is over. Now it's on to the next. But you can't let that one affect you moving forward. That's the one concern that you just hope that they can put that one behind them. And they, like I said, one game, we're still 10-3. We still hold our own destiny in our hand. We'll see where we go from here. Yeah, and, and I think what's interesting about that point you're making, Ed, is that you go back to, you know, the – the Cardinals first loss. And it was that Thursday night game against the Packers again, high pressure situation. A lot of, a lot of really tight calls in that game Mm -hmm. um, and the Packers end up pulling it off. So, but I I think what's, what's even more fascinating about the Cardinals, because I mean, like, I I think people are kind of forgetting, like they were the last undefeated team left in left in the NFL. And they, you know, after that Packers game, they lose Kyler Murray for three games. And if there is a testament to Kingsbury's coaching, I mean, he ends up going two and one with Colt McCoy over, you know, three games, two of them against divisional opponents. I mean, um, our, I I guess to circle into what, what I'm trying to get to is like injuries have really been, you know, plaguing this team in terms of the offensive side of the ball, losing Kyler Murray. Now it looks like they're going to be out, you know, without uh, DeAndre Hopkins for an extended period of time, JJ Watt as well. Um, How have the Cardinals been able to weather the storm in those tough moments and have players stepped up in those players' absences? I know Colt McCoy kind of did, you know, for a couple of games there, but you know, what, what, what are the Cardinals young receivers doing? What, what are, what are some of their, their edge rushers able to do with those opportunities? Well, I think the biggest thing, Ryan, is, well, one, we all know the NFL is a league of attrition. Everybody at this time of the year is dealing with some type of injury. And then we have to throw the extra caveat of COVID in there now where, you know, teams are losing guys the night before ball games, as with the Rams. And that's like that unknown factor that's going to be there for however long. We don't know. But um, at this point in time, like to this point in the season, I got to give all props to not just the dudes that stepped up in absences, but that coaching staff as well, because they came up with some game plans while Kyler was out, while uh, uh, D-Hop was out, that kind of 
I guess they, they leaned on Colts strengths instead of just trying to design a game plan like they would for Kyler. I think they did a smart job doing some different things, getting him under center more, uh, a little more downhill running with Connor. Um, didn't try to, you know, overly complicate things. And I think that weathered the storm as far as, you know, everybody's been stepping up on the scene. I don't care. I, you know, the last game you lost, you're 10 and three at this point in the season. So, yeah. I mean, there, in my opinion, there are no disappointments. There's a disappointment that you didn't close this last one out. But like I said, 10 and three at the beginning of the year, who would have thought the Cardinals would be, you know, at this, uh, you know, juncture, uh, trying to win a division, uh, you know, trying to, you know, still competing for number one seed in the uh, NFC. These are all things we have to take into account. And you're going to have those games. You know, the one I'll go just going back, the one I'm most disappointed in, believe it or not, is that Carolina game that we yeah. just, I have no idea <laughs> what the heck they were thinking or doing. You think about that would have been even more of a cushion. Um, you know, you get that one game. Yeah. And now instead of that, you know, now you're in a dogfight. Uh, moving forward. So that's the one that I scratched my head about, but losing to the Rams, uh, whether it be at home or road, you basically you split with them. You know, we went out there and got one. Nobody thought we would get early in the year. So, you know, that's, that's a wash as far as I'm concerned. You, you know, this team has really exceeded my thoughts so far. I think that real quick, I think that's what was so kind of surprising about Monday night is that early game that you're talking about, Ed, when, you know, the Cardinals traveled to LA, I mean, they smacked them up good. Yeah. It it was a very convincing victory where, you know, that was kind of the first, like, Oh, maybe the Rams, you know, aren't quite the world beaters that they are. The Cardinals are the best team in that division. So yeah. Yeah. Turnabout is fair play because they did to us this time around what we did to them. We went out there and punched in the mouth, punched them in the mouth early, uh, got them off their mark and they never got back on it. We actually started the game pretty good, but we got punched in the mouth with that. The turning point for me is early was in the game was that interception in the red zone. We're up three going in at the very least, you know, you get another field goal out, but we were first and second, first or second goal, whatever it was. And to give that one away and then have them go down and take the lead. That was very deflating uh, in my opinion. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting you bring up the Panthers game because it does feel like they're one true slip up this year because, you know, I was doing a little research on them today and I think eight of their 10 wins have been by two scores or more. Mm-hmm. So they they take care of business like they, they've played some bad teams this year and they don't mess around I, the way I put it. They don't they don't play with their food uh, like <laughs> like a lot of other teams, you know, tend to do. They don't play down to their opponents most of the time, except for that Panthers game. But again, that was a Colt McCoy game. I think that was uh, that was uh, Kim Newton's first game back in Carolina. So, yeah, a lot of a lot of things going on there. Sometimes you just slip up one week. But I want, I want to d- dive a little deeper into this Cardinals offense. And we got to start with Kyler Murray, which I know is going to make Ryan happy. Um, <laughs> a big Kyler Murray fan. But I guess my. So what, what slows that guy down? I mean, he's having a fantastic year, his best year, uh, you know, as part of the, the MVP conversation at this point, but I, I would say he got slowed a little bit on Monday night. Was it, was it the offensive line play that slowed him? Cause the Rams did seem, seem to be getting a lot of pressure. Was it just kind of an off night for him? You know, he throws two interceptions, one's deflected. Uh, what, what, is, is has there been anything that's consistently slowed him down? I guess is my question. Not consistently because nobody's pulled it off yet, but the, 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 the game plan of the Rams, and I've, from day one, I've preached this, and whenever teams are able to pull it off, it gives him issues. And this is a, definitely something that the Rams are specialists at. Pressure up the middle mm-hmm. and containment on the outside. Yeah. You let your defensive ends get up the field 
Don't get caught sneaking or picking your nose inside because every time you do, was he whoop right out the backside or right out the front side off the edges? There were a couple of plays in particular when they had pressure up the middle, uh, ends were up the field, but Floyd stuck, snuck, snuck his head inside and boom, Kyler you know runs out the middle. When they had when they contained, when they had pressure up the middle and then those ends stayed up and kind of outside containment. I'm not saying he panics, but he because of his size, he doesn't have the ability to step up in the pocket like a uh, you know a, a taller quarterback, a Rodgers, a Brady. You know he has to figure out ways to get outside so he can then reestablish what's going on down the field. So for me, you know, not every team can pull off what the Rams do, but if you can. That's what's going to give him trouble, and that's what does give him trouble consistently. Uh, you know, every now and then I'm always amazed. And I think if you guys saw any of that game, my partner and I, we call it the Chuck and Duck. Every now and then he'll just like almost in a full, you know, flurry, just turn his head and throw it as far as he can down the field because he knows a receiver might be in the area. And it's usually DeAndre Hopkins and D-Hop will go up and make some amazing play. And then people are always like, oh, my God, did you see that throw Kyler made? And it's like, I'm like, did you see that throw Kyler made? He didn't even know where it was going. <laughs> In this instance, it turned out to be A.J. Green broke free, mm-hmm. or was it – I think it was A.J. Green. It might have been either him or D-Hop. The, the DB actually fell down, mm-hmm. and he was wide open. But because he wasn't looking, he was just thrown to an area, overthrew him. That was that was seven right there. Mm-hmm. So those are the things that I think sometimes somewhere down the line he's going to – I mean – He's a he's a franchise guy. He'll figure it out eventually. They'll continue to scheme for him and stuff like that. But those are the two things that always catch my the chuck and duck. And you know, like I said, that containment. If they can keep him in that pocket, his uh, rating goes way down, in my opinion. Yeah, I was going to bring that up too. Ed, um, talking about the the ground game that the Cardinals have, and and obviously <clears throat> Kyler Murray factors into that with his you know his mobility and his you know his, his ability to escape the pocket and pick up yards on the ground, and and that's always a consistent threat. But Arizona's they're twenty six in the NFL in rush DVOA, and you don't usually associate that with a top team in the NFL, and you know some moving pieces in there. You know Chase Edmonds missing time, James Conner coming in. What kind of dimension has James Conner brought in Edmonds absence? And, you know, once both those guys get healthy, do you think that they now have a much more formidable running game? Yeah. I, you know, Conner's a straight down the hill guy, you know, he's a downhill guy. Uh, I think he works best. And coincidentally, I think he worked best when uh, Colt was in the uh, lineup because they get under center a little more, which mm-hmm. gives Conner an opportunity to get seven yards deep, seven plus downhill, pick a, you know, a gap, uh, bounce something out, cut something back. Uh, Kyler spends about 90-plus percent of the uh, offense out of the shotgun or the pistol or whatever they want to call it. And for me, if I'm a running back, you're stunning my growth. Now I'm just a couple yards behind you, and now I'm not even sure if I'm getting the ball. It's a read option, and it's, you know, it's like I, I just don't like that approach. With Connor, like I said, he is that downhill dude. Edmonds is the guy that changed the pace. With getting him back in the lineup, I think you can do more with the two of them. Connor or Edmonds will now be your scat back on third downs and different things like that. And he can obviously run the ball early downs as well. But I think with the two of them, they're a great combination because of the difference of their styles. And they're both actually really good pass catchers as well, which, uh, you know, obviously if you have a running back coming out of the uh, backfield, catching the ball just adds more dimension to your offense. 
I, I know it's early in the week, but do we know if Ed, Edmondson's going to play in this game? I know they just took him off IR like a couple days ago, right? I have not seen the full report on whether he's coming back yet. I okay. do. Yeah, so that's one we'll be monitoring all the way. Uh, you know, whether they designate him late or, you know, if I can get him. Right. You know, I, they, 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 yeah, I hate when they give him that dreaded, what, game time decision. Right. For right. me, that's like, just keep that to yourself. I don't <laughs> even know until we get the game day if that's the case. <laughs> Um, but yeah, let's, let's talk about the remaining wide receivers. Cause as we mentioned before, D hop, not going to play in this game. It looks like, it uh, looks like he might miss the re- rest of the regular season. Yeah. Um, but Christian Kirk has been the guy that's leading the way anyways. And, and obviously you mentioned AJ green. Um, those two have been carrying the weight. Is there another guy that the Lions need to be looking out for in the receiving game? Zach Ertz as well. Oh God. Yeah. Zach has been a godsend to this mm-hmm. offense. Uh, you know, a tight end that can handle the middle of the field. Uh, they've been really good at getting him, you know, up and, you know, to deep into coverages too. So Zach is definitely uh, a factor. And then, you know, our, 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 I guess our, we're waiting to see him explode in the regular season. We saw a little bit of it in the preseason, Rondell uh, Moore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think That's once right, yeah. he's still trying to find his way and they, we haven't, he hasn't had that really explosive game yet. Uh, but who knows with uh, D hop going down for a while, maybe they'll get a little more creative. You know, they've been some jet sweeps here and different things, but I was, I've been really surprised that this hasn't been a breakout year for him so far because they really featured him in the preseason. I was like, you know, and he was a dog out there. I mean, he was, you know, obviously it was his first chance to try to get out there and show, but man, he was, I mean, he was going after it. And I just thought this would be more of a breakout year for him to this point, but maybe he's just going to be a late bloomer. We'll see. Does feel like this could be a breakout game for him, doesn't it, Ryan? <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. You know, no you want to talk Jacobs, about yeah. you want to talk about this league being uh, a league of attrition. Yeah, <laughs> Lions fans know that well. I'll give you guys. Let me give you guys a little hope, though. Okay. Okay. Ed, Ed, Ed is always good for this, by the way. He always he always brings us a little bit little bit of hope. So I'm, what uh, what I like so far about the Lions is I'm, when you guys first hired Campbell and he's talking about biting kneecaps and stuff like that, I was like, oh, my God. But what I will tell you, that dude has your ball, your players playing hard. Yeah. I mean, that's the first – look, we just, before we started the show, we're talking about Urban Meyer. You got dudes ready to jump off that ship in a heartbeat. <laughs> Campbell at least has these guys playing hard. And the other thing I like, and I'm – you know – in this game, I would warn Cardinals. I was in the room with the Cardinals coaching staff this week. I say, hey, look back to what they did when they came out there to play the Rams. Every Everything, there was nothing that was off the table. Fake yeah. punt, fake this, but, you know, you, hey, what do you got to lose at 1-11-11 right now, right? So yeah. And how cool would it be to knock the Cardinals off that pedestal? So I'm warning Cardinals and Cardinals fans, don't, I mean, if they come out there and do an onside kick in the fur on the, right off the bat, just be prepared because and <laughs> be like I said, the other thing could be that kind of day. And I do <laughs> like how you guys scrap from minute one to minute 60. You just come up short every now and then. There's 66-yard field goals. <laughs> However you guys can lose games, you lose games. But at least your team is not giving up out there. Yeah. No, and, and it, it's it's interesting. It's a weird dynamic here in Detroit because normally fans are not as uh, – patient as they are this year and mm-hmm. and rightfully so i mean Lions fans have been patient for 70 years um but but there does seem to to be a sense where people are feeling actually pretty good about the coaching staff um it's just kind of getting the roster in order but uh yeah let, let's take a quick break uh when we come back we're going to talk a little bit more about the the cardinals defense and then we'll get into some predictions for 
week 15 is that where we're already at wow week 15 of the nfl (laughs) absolutely stick with us we'll be right back on first bite And we are back here on First Bite with Ed Smith, former NFL tight end and co-host of the Believe in Cardinals podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, Ed, let's move over to the defensive side of the ball for the Cardinals. Obviously, Lions offense has struggled all year, maybe starting to get their their, their feet wet a little bit. Uh, they got a pretty good running game. And I want to start there because the Lions have pretty you know, run the ball pretty consistently this year, 4.6 yards per carry, which is the highest they've averaged since 1997. Your playing days back then. Uh, <laughs> uh, but the Cardinals run defense has kind of been a mixed bag this year. They, I think they're allowing four, seven, four, eight yards per carry themselves. So what's been going wrong there is, is, is that a, is, is that an accurate kind of assessment of the, of the run defense? Is it maybe better than the statistics say, or you're spot on Jeremy. Okay. It has been the one bugaboo. I was on a call last week previewing this game, the, uh, the Rams game actually. And they asked me the one thing that I might've been a little disappointed into this point in the season uh, it has been our run defense. We've been getting gassed uh, for big runs, for consistent medium-sized runs. Uh, and I'm not sure quite what it is. I know we lost J.J. Watt uh, early in the season. But to be honest with you, J.J. wasn't carrying a heavy load. Even the games J.J. played, he was getting one tackle, two tackles, that type of thing. Um, I, I don't know quite what it is. I don't know whether it's a scheme thing or personnel thing. When teams decide that's how they're going to attack us, they have had much success. Now, the teams that don't have success are the teams that just want to drop back, whether it's play action or just straight drop back. Man, we get after it. Advanced right. Joseph has done an amazing job at bringing it from every different direction where quarterbacks have no idea and then it causes panic and chaos. They're throwing balls in our arms, you know, that type of thing. Um, for some reason, uh, if, if teams decide, now here's the thing, you got if you're going to do it, you got to stick with it. I think a lot of times, some of these teams that we played early in the season, you know, it didn't work in the first series or two so they get away from it. Or they might fall behind and they're playing now playing catch-up. But when teams have come in and decided, this is how we're going to attack these dudes, they've been successful. I'll give you a – if you go back a few weeks, when they played Green Bay, very interesting. Green Bay came out here and you got the great Aaron Rodgers. In their first two series, they were three and out, and I was thinking, wow, this is going to be a – they're going to whoop some tail here. Cardinals were all over him. They tried to throw the ball deep a few times. They tried to – nothing worked. What the Packers did, they went onto the sideline and they say, okay, that's not our game plan today. We're not going to beat these guys like this. How we are going to beat them is what runs up the middle and then we're going to spread our wide or uh, running backs out, use our short passing game as our running game as a compliment. Man, they took control of that game and we were on skates the rest of the game uh, and the same thing with what the Rams did. The Rams came in here with uh, Sony Michelle, and they made a concerted effort. We're going to run the ball, uh, play a little play action, uh, get uh, Stafford off the spot so they don't know exactly where he's going to be when we don't want to take our shots. Boom, that's the recipe. Like you mentioned, Jeremy, that has that is not a, an illusion. That's not one of those things where we just giving up a lot of late 
yards on the ground in games. No, when teams have put their mind to it, they run it against us. And I honestly can't tell you whether it's scheme or personnel. I'm going to, you know, you know, the, the, if you guys are running the ball well, that bodes well for you coming into this matchup. Well, one thing that the Lions uh, haven't shown an ability to consistently do is pass the ball, Ed. Um, <laughs> you know, Jared Goff has uh, certainly had his ups and downs, you know, dealing with injuries and dealing with uh, a revolving door at wide receiver. But it seems like maybe one thing that is going really well for the Arizona defense is, like you mentioned, in that Packers game, like, they're really getting after quarterbacks. Like, I mean, you got Marcus Golden, you got Mr. Reliable Chandler Jones, you know, uh, even, even a guy that, you know, Lions fans will know is familiar and somebody who's been really stable for the Cardinals this year, Devon Kennard, Um, you know, talk a little bit about, because it it really seems like looking at the statistics that the Cardinals pass defense is, is really a product of how well they're able to get after the passer. Well, Ryan, the thing that I would tell you the most is the schemes have been unbelievable, too. I think one of the things that I I give fans a lot of uh, credit, uh, in normal circumstances, it was always one of those things where you got to a certain down distance, it was like, okay, here we go. I could almost script it myself. I know what he's going to do, you know. This time around, I don't know, and he's got some different ingredients, obviously, he's working with. He is actually, you know, first down, we're seeing some of these – exotic blitzes and run stuffers and stuff like that. And then I'm seeing third down when you normally put pressure on, he's dropping in the covers and causing confusion for some of these quarterbacks. And that's why we're, you know, getting three and four interceptions in the game, stuff like that. So, you know, I, along with, and I want one of the things, if you ever get a chance after one of our games, go down the stat sheet and you'll see on our defensive side of the ball, there's usually one guy who has 12, 13 tackles and then you'll get a host of dudes with one, two. That shows me that there are dudes out there contributing. That one tackle might have been their only moment, but it was something that assisted in the in the victory. And that's really been impressive. I tell you, last year we had so many games where Buda Baker would have like 16, 17, 18 tackles. And I tell people all the time, if you're safe, dude in your, your safety – is making 16, 17 tackles. That means there's a whole lot of stuff going on in your secondary. You don't necessarily want that. You know, so what I'm really encouraged about is we're getting a lot of different contributors. Everybody's pitching in, not just one dude. Chandler Jones had five sacks in that first game against Tennessee and what everybody thinks, oh, Chandler's going to have like 80 sacks this year. (laughs) Chandler's been pretty quiet throughout the year. You know, he's had a couple where he's picked up, you know, but he hasn't had that what you call monster year. Uh, a lot of teams will double team him, especially with JJ Watt not being out there. So he's getting a lot of attention, but a lot of other dudes are stepping up, and a lot of that has to do with the scheme and how um, uh, Vance is getting uh, guys open and putting them in the right spot. I, I love that matchup too because I, there, I don't think there's a lot of strength versus strength in this matchup. I think there's a lot of strength versus weakness, but obviously the Lions have two really good offensive tackles and, and Panay Sewell is having a, a great year and, and playing his best football right now. And Taylor Decker, who's also kind of catching on after missing the first half of the season. So I'm really interested to see how the pass protection holds up. Uh, but let's talk a little about the secondary, about the, the wide receivers versus the defensive backs. As you mentioned, Buda Baker, who's probably, I guess, the star of that defensive uh, backfield, but who's another guy that maybe the Lions fans should, should keep an eye on that, that might give the Lions some fits. I don't know if anybody's necessarily going to give you fits. If anything, I think you guys might have an opportunity to pick on us a little bit. Okay. If and that's a big, if, if you can give Garrett some time or Jared some time, um, like, you know, other than Buddha, you know, we've had a couple guys 
shine here and there, but I don't think anybody's fearing our secondary. Like I said, once again, I think it's scheme. I think that, you know, Vance is putting guys in the right position at the right time. Uh, it's a young secondary that can, what Matthew Stafford did the other day was classic in terms of they were running ball, running ball effectively. Now all of a sudden you get to play action and a little, like a double move or something deep, yeah. man, I'm telling you, we, you know, we get them, those guys getting a little, uh, curious as to what's going on in your backfields or watching quarterback's eyes, trying to make a guess, that's when you get hit. I, the, the, the good thing for the Cardinals, as we all know, I think you guys know this more than anybody, is Jared Goff is not Matthew Staff. So, <laughs> but like I said, I, I, I anticipate you guys putting up a fight this week, if, you know, if that means anything. I know Ryan's looking at me like, Man, we don't want to fight. We want to win. <laughs> it's the small victories, Ryan. It's the small victories. I mean, at th- I think at this point, a lot of Lions fans will just take some fight because, you know, they're they're staring at Kayvon Thibodeau <laughs> or Aiden Hutchinson in the draft and being like, you know what? I think we might be okay if we lose the last four games. <laughs> <laughs> but I do, like I said, I do like the way you guys are playing, though. I, I look at it uh, a lot differently than a lot of fans do sure. in terms of, you know, I've seen garbage teams. I've been on garbage teams before. <laughs> and even just what's going on. Like you can tell how a team is feeling about itself, even if they're not getting the W's, by what they're doing on Sundays. Yeah. And I guarantee you, I think you guys are heading in the right direction. The problem is you've been hearing that for how many years now? <laughs> yeah, 65, 70? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, no, I'm, it, I'm wondering what direction that is, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different direction. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I appreciate it. It's always interesting to kind of hear the outsider uh, viewpoint of the Lions because we definitely sometimes get a little too narrow focused and maybe, you know, see see things through our own lenses, which might, yeah. might be true or false. But it's easy to do when you have it right there in your face like exactly. that. Though. I mean, you can't yeah. run from it. You know? Exactly. <laughs> Um, all right, let's move to our final segment, which we call the one thing we think we know, where we make one prediction about the game. Doesn't necessarily have to be, be the winner, the winner, the loser, the score. Just one thing that you think is going to happen with this game, and we always make Ryan do it first. So, Ryan, what is the one thing you think you know about Lions Cardinals? Well, you know, I, I think the one thing I think I know, and it's based on what Ed literally just said about what the Cardinals defense has been able to do in terms of scheming up pressure and things mm-hmm. like that. I do like the matchups outside. I like Panay Sewell. I like Taylor Decker. I like that strength versus, versus strength matchup. The matchup that I'm concerned about is if the Cardinals can do some interesting things to generate pressure up the middle. Mm. We know what Jared Goff does when pressure comes up the middle and it's, um, you know, back up five yards and, and try to turn and, and run away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, here, here's what I think. I think the Cardinals have a five sack day Oof. on Jared Goff because, you know, Jonah Jackson dealing with a little back bit of injury. a back injury, yep. you know, the Lions are, are they going to have Evan Brown back? It sounds like they'll mark? probably have Evan Brown back, but you know, we're, we're, we're relying on a, a guy with five starts. Like he's a guy who's, who's not Frank Rag now. Yeah. He's not exactly a KG veteran. So <laughs> yeah. that's, that's my prediction is I, I think that the lions really struggle to uh, protect Jared Goff, especially on the interior and the Cardinals just find a way to get home. All right, Ed, I'll pass it to you. What's the one thing you think, you know, about lions Cardinals. I'm going to go back to something I started off by saying earlier. The one thing I think I know is the Cardinals better be ready for any and every doggone thing. Because, <laughs> like I said, you, they might do fake field goals from the 50-yard line for all we know. You know, uh, they're double reverse passes. 
you know, anything is possible in this game because, like I said, what do you have to lose at one eleven and one? And that's also become kind of Dan's kind of kind of motto. You know, I I would and I would say this: I would advise against going forward on fourth down in your own territory, guys. If you can somehow get to Dan and let him know that's not a smart move, you know, that you, anybody can see that. But don't do that. Don't do that. But otherwise, like I said, Cardinals be ready for anything. Yeah, I, I think that's that's a good prediction because, yeah, like you said, they, they threw the kitchen sink at the Rams. They, they, they know they're going to be, you know, out-talented this week. And, mm-hmm. it, I mean, the Cardinals might be the best team they, they faced. And if, if there's one thing we've learned about Dan Campbell through, you know, 13 games now, it's that he does not like to lose and he will do whatever <laughs> he does. Like, he will not just sit back and be like, well, we're just going to play our game. And if this team's better than us, then, then like, no, he's going to, he's going to go for it on fourth down a bunch. He's oh, yeah. going to throw some trick plays this week. I think, I think that's very uh, astute of you. I think, I think <laughs> we do see that. He's going to grab play calling duties. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Like, Whatever he can to win the football game. Exactly. Um, the one thing I think I know, and I, we're going to go back to the first segment for this one. You mentioned containment is really important with, uh, with Kyler Murray. The Lions are so beat up on the edges right now. We saw last week a bunch of play action working, uh, Josh Woods. boots. Yeah, it, <laughs> it just that sort of stuff, that misdirection is going to kill the Lions defensively in this game. And I'm going to say, even though he doesn't have a ton of rushing yards this year, I think Kyler Murray gets over 70 rushing yards in this game. A little bit. I mean, pretty big it, game for him. Yeah. yeah. Especially if you want to bounce back after that loss. You know, obviously the Rams lost. Um, and then with Hopkins being out, there might be even more emphasis on the run game. So that might be a very wise uh, uh, statement, Jeremy. All right. Well, let's close things up here, Ed. I want to give you the floor to to kind of promote where where we can find you, what we can listen to, all that sort of stuff, uh, where, where we can get more Ed Smith because we are I, I want more Ed Smith already. <laughs> First off, thank you, gentlemen, for having me, man. I really – you know, I do a lot of this stuff. I don't like doing it with everybody. I really enjoy doing it with you guys. So anytime, and I want to have you guys on my show too. Uh, they can you can catch me on the uh, Believe uh, uh, platform with the Believe in the Arizona Cardinals podcast. And that's B L E A V. And then uh, my partner and I we also do the Easy Sports Talk show, which is uh, live every Saturday out here on KDUS ten sixty AM. Uh, you can go online and check us out. We also do uh, we have the Easy Sports Talk show Facebook page, and we broadcast live there as well so you can catch it that way if you want to follow me on twitter which i don't use that much but it's it's there it's at ed smith speaks and we have the easy sports talk as well so i really appreciate you guys man of course no problem thanks again for joining us good luck this saturday or the sunday uh, we got some Saturday football this week, not the Lions, <laughs> yeah. but uh, <laughs> thanks for joining us. Uh, and thank you all for listening. Uh, we'll be back on uh, Sunday night uh, after the Lions game, recapping week 15 and everything that happened. But until next time, thanks for joining us. It's chaos. Be kind. <laughs> <laughs>